Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 111, an interview with Michelle Barry Franco on giving up alcohol. Y'all, I have a special treat for you today. This interview and conversation I had with Michelle Barry Franco is awesome. Michelle gave up alcohol about eight years ago. She calls it being on sabbatical. And I met Michelle, interestingly, at the retreat that I did at the tiny house last week. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Michelle. Y'all, I am so excited to have a special guest on the podcast today. Her name is Michelle Barry Franco, and she's a speaker coach for founders. And I think you all will find this super interesting. Remember last week on the podcast, I talked to you about the tiny house (laughs) and I wrote this special story about this experience with the tiny house. Well, I actually met Michelle on that virtual, virtual retreat that I was at, at the tiny house and Michelle helped me and my fellow mastermind retreaters sort of develop and think about our rooftop message to help us reach the people who we want to help the most. So as you all know, by listening to the podcast, I help high achieving sort of rebellious, badass women stop over drinking. And when Michelle was leading this workshop in um, the retreat that I was at, she mentioned that she gave up drinking eight years ago. And since then, this past week, so much has happened. I've attended Michelle's um, workshop and developed my rooftop message a little bit more. And you all have probably gotten an email with a video from me. (laughs) This all came from Michelle. Um, But I wanted to have Michelle on the podcast because I'm interested in exploring the idea of women and their relationship with alcohol and how it can prevent us from going bigger in our life. And so I just wanted to have Michelle on here to kind of talk about her story about her decision to give up alcohol and explore that topic. And this is just going to be a casual conversation. So I hope you all enjoy it. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. That's an exciting little adventure. I don't know. There's so much backstory now. I, I know. So much backstory. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about that time in your life, what was going on with you, your relationship with alcohol, and uh, how you came to that decision to take a sabbatical is what you call it, right? Yes, that's right. Um, okay, so I grew up, I won't tell the whole story, but I grew up in, in a family with lots and lots of addiction um, and a lot of alcohol addiction. And I was really conscious of that addiction and, and really then I got to learn about recovery. So my dad went into recovery when I was 12 or 13 Um, But my mom continued to struggle off and on for more years. She is sober now too. Um, And so I had sort of the, I think the gift, it was lots and lots of hard stuff, Mm -hmm. but I had the gift of seeing um, that people could, that there was another way also. Mm -hmm. And I also was very aware of the pain that uh, it could cause for families, but also clearly for the 
people who were drinking. Mm -hmm. And so when I got into my teens and, you know, all my friends were drinking and, you know, I would hang out with them, but I just didn't drink very much. I was really conscious. I didn't want to go down that path. Mm -hmm. And so I was probably, you know, known as the one who didn't drink. And if I drank, I drank a very small amount as I got sort of later in the, you know, high teens. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I got into my twenties and I, and I drank before I was 21, <laughs> but yes. just not, not a lot, you know? Um, and I got into my twenties and wine culture and I lived in wine country. So there was this kind of other kind of drinking mm-hmm. that was not the messy, you know, kind of background I was familiar with, at least from part of my family experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so, so at first it was all fun as it often is Mm -hmm. and light. And I loved the culture of it. And, and then I just could see that I, um, I think the way it started to hit me was first of all, I didn't want to go a night without having wine. I definitely had a, my wine thing. This is before I had kids. Um, and then I started to feel like I just didn't like myself. I wasn't, I wasn't as kind. <laughs> like there were just, you know, the, the more, and some of it's a little back of my mind, mm, is this going to be a problem? Mm-hmm. But again, nobody in my family, most people in my family drink more than I ever did. So mm-hmm. for them, um, it, I would not have been the one called out as mm-hmm. she needs to quit drinking. Nothing ever happened really for me, uh, except very internal. It became this sort of internal hell really. So then I had kids, then I had the whole, oh my God, I can't wait to have my glass of wine. I'm so, you know, exhausted, juggling the business, growing the business. And in my case, not growing the business, but always wanting to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so there was that struggle. And then the kids and, um, pretty soon what with the culminating event, although there were a bunch of different ones was I went to a party that we had thrown for my mother-in-law and at the end of the party, we, yeah, we threw the party. So at the end of the party, we we're all cleaning up. And then we went to a house afterward um, just to hang out with some friends who had been there. And one of my friends really needed me. And I didn't agree with her still struggling with whatever this life struggle was. And I was a jerk. Like, mm-hmm. and I saw myself doing it, but I had had too much to drink. Again, I wasn't the kind that presents. You wouldn't know. Right. Nobody would have ever said, Uh, Michelle is drunk. Yeah. But I just knew that what I was saying to her, I wouldn't have been saying. And this is after years of just all the time. Should I stop? I don't like where this is going. So that was kind of how it went. So I came downstairs that day, walked into my mother-in-law's kitchen, sunlit kitchen, like everything's from the 1960s in there. (laughs) I smell the coffee and I stood there by myself and I thought, I can't do this anymore. I just can't keep, you know, feeling like a jerk mm-hmm. and knowing that's that I that this is the cause. So I just said, I'm going on a sabbatical. Wow. What happened? I had no idea how I was gonna do it. I drank wine every single night. It was my slow drip anesthesia. That's mm-hmm. how I did it. Not a bunch at once, but mm-hmm. all as soon as I could start, just all throughout the night. Yeah. Wow. That sounds so freaking similar, like familiar to my story. So 
I had both of my parents heavily drink like every night, you know, beer drinking, like the sound of opening a beer for me, yeah. is just like, it's like traumatic, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and that smell. So I never drank beer. And I remember thinking the exact same thing as I was like a teenager going to high school, start like in college. I'm like, I should be careful. I need to make sure that this doesn't too far, like a yeah. very small whisper in my head. Yep. And like, if I were to over drink, then I'd be like, well, I should back off a little bit because I don't want to be like them. I don't want to have to, you know what I mean? I would sort of oh, yeah. care. And it would just be like, okay, I'd over drink. I'm like, okay, better take a break over drink, yep. you know, and it would creep back in. Then I would take like, you know, a few days off or a few weeks off or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also lived outside of wine country. I lived in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, and yeah. Yes. And so so we would, I actually got married in a winery in Sonoma. Ah. <laughs> and so we would just take day trips to Napa yeah. and Sonoma all the time. You know, it was yeah. like, we did, I had wine club memberships and I would entertain. <laughs> I was in pharmaceutical sales. So I entertained doctors at fancy restaurants up there, right. the whole thing, you know, it just yep. kind of grew and blossomed and it was, it was pretty, it was fancy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it wasn't like that Stroh's beer. Yeah. That my parents drank yep. like Jack and Coke or others, some, you know what I mean? Some of those yeah. like dirtier type of alcoholic type, you know, yeah. labels that we had on it. Right. Yeah. And then I had three kids, you know, and all of that. And I also struggled with overeating and being on all the diets and trying all the different yep. things. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. Sounds like I know. That. So it just, it is, it was an internal struggle versus I never got into trouble. I never got a DUI. I never lost my job. You know what I mean? None of that stuff happened to me, but it was a relentless, tiring battle that I had with myself for 20 plus years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't until I found coaching that changed that for me. Like life coaching changed my life. Nothing else worked until I realized why I was drinking in the first place. You know, I was trying, yeah. like you said, it was that drip of anesthesia. Mm-hmm. I was using it, I think in the end, more to manage my anxiety with working, having three kids, managing all the things, you know, yeah. and it just, yeah. it just wasn't working. So yeah, yeah, it's been almost three years for me that I haven't drank. Nice. I also don't say Yay. I'll never drink again. I actually mm-hmm. really like the, the idea of the sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> I just say, I'm just not drinking right now. I may decide right. later to do that, but I don't like saying I'll never do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I feel like it kind of creates for me. I, and I think this happened more over time. I can't imagine. Now I think the way I think about it is I can't really imagine choosing to drink again, just because I love that. I love being sober so much. Yeah. Um, but I think any time for me, my brain, like someone, something external, some voice, even if it's my own voice is like saying, you can never do that again. All of a sudden, all the shackles go up, right? <laughs> it's like right. never. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but there was something you said, oh, gosh, our stories are really, I have three kids. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah. I have three daughters. Oh gosh. Yeah. Super similar. Um, but I think the other thing that, that I was thinking about as you were just sharing your story, I mean, <laughs> this is why I, I really love having this conversation because I don't think, I think this is happening a lot more now, yes. but for so long, it was like, you either had to be, I, I I'll tell you this way. I remember I went to AA for a little while. That's not how I stopped. I was sober for two and a half years. Um, my, my dad is, has been sober for many years, really active in AA. So he was always like, you're gonna love it. And I did, by the way, I do love it. I love the rooms. They're lovely people, um, or, you know, the ones that I met and got along with, (laughs) not everybody's lovely anywhere, but, 
but it was a really great experience. It just didn't quite resonate as the story for me. And I couldn't, I felt like I was always kind of not, not able to tell the full truth in that room either. And mm -hmm. again, it doesn't mean I'll never go to a meeting again because it's mm -hmm. wonderful conversations. But um, I remember telling my story at one of the meetings and um, there was, it was a, one of the more kind of hardcore groups. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I remember one guy making some comment, you know, way, this is much year. I was more sensitive then. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, like your story is not that it wasn't hard enough. Exactly. I hadn't done enough. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that was, I think what I was most afraid of, but I know so many women, whenever I talk about getting sober or choosing to not drink, mm -hmm. I get private messages. I get, you know, for people who have my phone number, text messages mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. friends mention it and, and ask me and say, they want to just see what it's like to try. Mm -hmm. And it's because they know that you can just choose to not drink. You know, you can just choose it. You don't have to have your whole life fall apart. Yeah, yeah. That I think that's what is hard, you know, talking about the AA is like a lot of my clients would never want to go into an AA room or yeah. maybe they've tried it and it just like, it just yeah. didn't resonate with them. They don't like, you know, get saying that they're powerless and, yeah. you know, if they're not religious, they don't feel like it fits in. And also like what you said about, like, it just, I didn't feel like my story fit in with some of the other people yeah. in the room where it just wasn't severe enough or like, they're like, why are you here? You don't have, you're not an alcoholic, <laughs> you know, like, because you're outward issue isn't yeah. reflecting of what, like what is going That's on right. internally. Right. That's right. And so for me too, like I never would have considered going that because I didn't think that I needed it, you know, just I, yeah. in my brain, I didn't identify with what that meant. Yeah. Um, but because of that, and because it's so popular and it's really mm -hmm. the only thing that we first think of when we're going through this, yeah. it holds people back from getting help. Right. Yeah. Like, and so I feel like people like you and I suffer so much longer than necessary yeah. because we aren't aware of other methods out there. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. feel like I, my goal is to help communicate to women and people that you can get the help and you don't have to have this outwardly terrible looking life. Like you That's are just like a mom hardworking yeah. person, entrepreneur, successful. And like that internal struggle is legit. No joke. Legit. And it is legit. No joke. That's the part I think that's even hard to talk about, even as you know, you and I are sitting here having with so much resonance in our stories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard to even describe what it felt like. Yeah. And, and because you can't attach it in the same way, like, you know, I can't say I got a DUI. I lost my kids those are heart-wrenching stories yes. and and it is a different story and has its own set of things and yet even if I mean I never once drunk drive drunk I've never driven drunk yeah. and that doesn't right that does, that's only because I had one experience when I was young and said I would never do that and for some reason I just didn't yeah now, listen I picked my partner's smart yeah. All of them drive safely and they don't drink very much. I mean, every partner I've had, I'm married now, so just have one. But, <laughs> but so, you know, I was still smart. Like I, that doesn't mean I didn't drink while I was out. I just right. had someone else drive. Yeah. See what I, so yes. anyway, the point is not having all those stories. It's a little bit, it feels kind of hard to say it was, it felt like an internal personal hell. Yeah. And there was nothing on the outside that, and I was so good at hiding it yeah. that there was no, nobody would have seen anything to be alarmed about. Yeah. I think that describing the personal 
internal struggle is why people resonate with me so much is because I, mm-hmm. I remember that so freaking clearly yeah that yeah. shame and the regret and the guilt that you feel the next day even yeah. if you didn't do anything dumb right. just like not yeah. remembering causes yeah. what did I do how did I get to bed what time did I go to bed I didn't finish watching yeah. that movie I didn't finish that book what That's did I say all of that yeah. is painful right yeah and yeah. then saying and then waking up and saying I'm not going to drink yeah and then come five o'clock, then you're drinking. It's just that yeah. cycle was yeah. a hell, right? Because yeah. you're not following through on your commitments. And then you have That's this right. total lack of self-confidence that you could do it. And you tell yourself, I'm not going to do it. And then by five o'clock, well, I'm successful. I have all my shit together. I'm not at rock bottom. I should be able to drink. Yeah. And then that's where like our yes. society comes in and says, you should be able to drink. We see the mom right. memes and the wine yeah. tastings and the beautiful sexiness of it. Right. And then mm. we get those messages that are conflicting. Yeah. It's just, it's just a mess. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're right. The cultural thing I think is hard. And a lot of people initially um, would ask things like, well, how do you, and I worried about this. Mm-hmm. What do I do when I go to these events? I remember having mm-hmm. one friend who I said very early, this was years before I actually stopped drinking or started mm-hmm. my sabbatical. Mm-hmm. I said to her, I don't know. I sometimes I think maybe we were out to dinner drinking and, you know, having food. And I said, I think I, um, I don't know. I sometimes think I might want to quit drinking. And she's like, if we, if you quit drinking, I don't think, I don't think I'd want to hang out with you. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) I was like, Oh, (laughs) it really like stung, even though I kind of got what she was saying because Mm -hmm. we, that's what we did. Yeah. We went and had, you know, really nice dinners and then we Mm -hmm. drank and then we Mm -hmm. had this great time after drinking, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, I don't know, singing or, you know, dancing or whatever we would do. Yeah. Yeah. So it is really, those are real, those fears around. And and what's so amazing is you want to say, at least I want to say as not an expert at this, I'm sure you know how to, you know, how to help people Mm -hmm. move through that. Mm -hmm. I just want to say like, just make it through that first part. Cause all of that is so easy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I think I tell people all the time, just had a conversation with somebody this morning, the story that we tell about how horrible that's going to be socially in our heads is way worse than reality of it. Totally. People actually really don't care. And if they do, yeah, they're probably not your people. Right. But none of my, I didn't, I haven't lost any friends from this. Like I was just authentically me and PS it's no secret when you overdrink that other people don't know that you overdrink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like they know they see you overdrink. Like it's not even like you got crazy drunk or sloppy. It's just like, when you have relationships, they see that you're, they're witness to your drinking. And when you say you want to cut back, I've always seen nothing but love and support. My husband was a little like questioning it. I remember I was turning 40 and I was on my sabbatical and he's like, are you going to, because I had birthday plans. I had a winery booked and people were coming in to to meet me at this winery. And I'm like, yeah, honey, I'm going to buy the wine. I'm going to host the thing, but I'm not drinking. He's like, this is going to be interesting. And I'm like, yeah, let's see, you know? And then I think just the more experience he had seeing yeah. me be my real self, like still happy, still having fun, yeah. still socializing. He, he got on board and, you know, realized it wasn't, I wasn't going to be pushing my agenda on yeah. everybody should be not drinking, including him, which is what I used to do. Like I used yeah. to push my agenda every time I would do a diet or something like that onto the people around me. So I didn't do that this time, which was good. <laughs> Yeah. So he could do his thing and yeah. 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 Well, and you know, the friend who said that so many years ago, uh, probably four years into my own sabbatical and probably hearing more and more about people, you know, Mm -hmm. other women like her choosing to 
not drink also uh, did her own sabbatical. So, wow. you know, while she said that, that's, we stayed friends and, you know, yes. I think she was having, again, her own moment of probably like, uh uh-oh, what does this mean? If, you know, if she quits, it's like in her face a little bit. So. Right. Yeah. 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 So good. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, do you feel like, and, and just be totally honest, but do you feel like that relationship you had with alcohol before you decided to take the sabbatical impacted the success that you had in your business or was it holding you back from going bigger in your life in any area? Tell me about that. Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, it was such a hard time. (laughs) It's hard to kind, it's a little bit hard to pull it all apart, Mm -hmm. but um, because there was a lot of stuff, I think I was, let's see, if it was eight years ago, I've been in business for 12 years. I was four years in, which for a lot of people, you know, they've got some traction by then. And Mm -hmm. I had traction compared to just starting. but I was riding such a roller coaster in my business anyway. It's not like I quit drinking and then everything yeah. uh, came together. So mm-hmm. it's not that straight of a line, but I have no question in my mind that every relationship in my life, including my relationship with work, mm-hmm. my relationship with my own willingness to be out, like, you know, yeah. visible, yeah. Uh, changed mm-hmm. and, and be- got better after, mm-hmm. uh, after I quit drinking. So my answer is yes. I, or I don't know if you asked, did it get better? <laughs> but the answer <laughs> is yes, it did. But I would say like a lot of things for me, I felt immediately better. Like, like, I mean, I drank every day, always every day. Um, so I very rarely even tried to take like a break. I did a couple of other, I don't even remember if I called them sabbaticals, but I took a break and I was like, oh, well, that worked. I didn't drink for like two months, so I should be good. And I tried drinking again, moderating, and that was, you know, ridiculous. And so that didn't work. So I'd had a few of those um, periods, but but after, and I had the clarity that comes after even a day or two of not. That's the cool thing about it is you do have this, I think, big, for me, you know, it was clear-headed a new level of clear-headedness within a couple of days, but then Mm -hmm. it just gets better and better and better. So back to that question, Mm -hmm. um, I think it took a little while, but for sure, for Mm -hmm. sure, I wouldn't be this clear. For sure, I wouldn't, there was anxiety, right? You know, I would wake up with anxiety most nights because alcohol causes physical um, sensations of anxiety. Well, I didn't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Now I still wake up sometimes and can't sleep, but you know, I'm perimenopausal. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the next thing. But this one doesn't feel the same, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel, I mean, I, for me too, it's, it, I have a straight line because (laughs) when I decided, when I went into life coaching and I got my own coaching to solve this issue and the overeating thing. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, this is what I need to do for my life. You know what I mean? So then I started my business during that time. Mm. So I didn't know. Oh, cool. I mean, I was trying to be like a lifestyle blogger before that, like yeah. maybe six months before I just, mm-hmm. I went into life coaching, um, didn't really know how I was going to make money online. I was yeah. writing blogs, like just, I don't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then when I went through this, I'm like, oh, this is how I'm going to do it. This is the business yeah. that I'm going to be. I'm going to help people do this. So oh, definitely I, I happen to know for me, it's more of a direct line, but it yeah. also was the same timing. Right. So yeah. Had I not stopped drinking, like I just know that distraction of in my head of that cycle of how yeah. I couldn't be, I couldn't have what I have now. I mean, there's just, I just don't think it would be possible. I, yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, the amount of time, if nothing else, because you do work in this industry, right. so there's that, you know, <laughs> but the amount of time and energy that you spend just thinking about the drinking and not drinking and, you know, and what you did and what can I try this different, I don't know, way of living my life. I think a lot of, I mean, also, you know, I started personal development and, and coaching and all of that years before. So mm -hmm. I was really into all of that already. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, it's so funny. So much of all of that also would have not, I wouldn't have had to do all that work if yeah. I could just see that, you know, alcohol was such a huge variable in there. Yeah. It didn't fix everything. Um, but dang, it just opened up this really beautiful spaciousness yeah. for me to find the other answers. Yes. I think yeah. that's a really good way to, to say it. Like definitely not drinking isn't like, it, it's not all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, oh my God, my life is the best thing ever. Like, yeah. I definitely feel like yeah. I have an amazing life, but I also have emotions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and challenges, right? I just don't right. salt, try to solve it or escape it with alcohol. Yeah. It takes me longer to work through things sometimes, or I have to be uncomfortable with those negative emotions longer, you know, like, especially with this pandemic, like, you know. Wow. Talk about yeah. willing to be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. You know, not having that buffer with the alcohol or the food yeah. is like huge. So I feel like sometimes I suffer like more openly and like mm -hmm. it's more painful, but I'm not suffering with the regret and the shame and the frustration and the anxiety from the alcohol at least. So, yeah. Yes. I think about, oh, my heart just goes out so much to people who are in the midst of whatever, you know, whether you call it addiction or whatever it feels like to you, mm -hmm. to them, um, feeling like they can't stop doing something that they know isn't good for them and that they don't want to do anymore. Because to me, I am so grateful that I don't drink during this pandemic. Me too. Can you imagine I mean, having that on top of dealing? No, <gasps> no that's why I don't even, I want to say to people like, this is not you helping. think this is helping you no. it's just not helping oh my gosh yeah. it breaks my heart when I you know because I have ads that run on Facebook and things and like people come I no. you're telling, I can't imagine stopping drinking right. wine. it's a pandemic I'm like right it's exactly why you shouldn't be drinking yeah. don't make it freaking worse that's right you, <laughs> you don't know, know. they you don't know, know how good it's going to feel when they just get past that first yeah. part yes. that is what I but, you know, I have to say like for me, and I think this was just a gift of maybe tangling with it for so long, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, is that when I quit, when I started my sabbatical, I just knew that I was done. And there's just so much, you know, when I do get to talk to people about their drinking, just because somebody reaches out or whatever, that is just what I am always sort of seeing in the best way I can, just as another, mm -hmm. you know, usually mama and woman, <laughs> often we have that in common, yeah. but not always. Um, this knowing that them having that conversation, them just seeing the next, you know, like the next, the, the, the pain of it, the hurt of it for themselves, there will come a time when you know that you're ready to, to try it. And I, I sort of like to point to that feeling because <laughs> then they'll recognize it. And you don't have to know how you're going to do it or that you're like yes. you said, like you're going to do it forever. Just recognize it when that feeling comes, because it is a moment to honor and maybe give it a shot. Like yes. there's real power there. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. Listen to that, that intuition, that, yeah. that whisper that says you should, this, you should yeah. change this and really yeah. honor that. That is you, the real you trying to get your yeah. attention. I tell that knocking on the brain door, Yeah. but that right. little knock, knock, knock. Hello. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we're ready to stop now. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listen to yeah. it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I like the idea of just trying it. I was talking to my clients about this other day, just like some of us haven't really even just tried, right. You know, just like see put, just see what happens. Take it. I, I say, take it week by week. You yeah. can make new decisions about it. Every That's week. right. You don't need to say forever or any of that stuff. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I also think about, um, for some reason, our conversation about the pandemic made me think of this. I mean, my daughters are, I have three daughters and they're 16, uh, 15 and 13. And, Mm -hmm. um, but when I quit, you know, they were minus eight years. You can do the math. Mm -hmm. I'm not great at quick math, but (laughs) (laughs) so they were little. And I remember so vividly, um, you know, going into their room to kiss them goodnight and read them a book or whatever. And I remember a couple things about it. One of them was just couldn't wait. Now I wasn't one of the ones who waited till my kids were asleep to drink. I drank my wine. Yeah. I know women who like still, you know, who just (laughs) did wait until they went to bed. I'm like, Oh my God, how'd you do that? No, I, it was as soon as work was done while you're making dinner, while you're putting them to bed. Yeah. So you could numb through all of that process. That's right. Anesthesia. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I also remember holding my breath when I was kissing them goodnight. Just, I, and I think because of my own history with, you know, my, with uh, a lot of so much addiction in my family and so much alcoholism in my family or alcohol. Yeah. They were, they, alcoholism is what it was and is. Um, they, I remember the smells. Like for me, there's a, like, you know how you talk about the sound of yes. the beer. I remember the smells a lot and, um, and knowing as, um, a little girl, the, the, the sound of the voice, like knowing the the voice sound and it didn't have to be dramatic. I later, I knew early on in whatever the drinking path was. So as I was kissing them goodnight, I was so conscious that they were going to remember their mama smelling like wine when I kissed them goodnight. (sighs) And (laughs) one of the greatest gifts of, of not drinking is that I never worry. I can breathe all over them. I may smell like all kinds of other stuff, but it's not <laughs> going to be that. <laughs> I love that so much. No, that like, ugh. and it, I mean, I know, cause we, it sounds like we had similar experiences with our parents, but like you over my mom too overcompensated the way she talked when she knew yeah. that it was past that and I just remember that so vividly. And I don't remember myself doing that, but I remember, this is what I remember. Like my kids were even younger. So like my oldest was eight when, or seven or something when I started working on this. And so my youngest was two or something. And my oldest would make me wine charms for my wine glasses, you know? Make you what? Wine charms. Yeah. So they could tell which was mommy's wine glass. Yeah. Like they don't remember me drinking it all night. Right. Yeah. Not even my old, like, it doesn't eat. They're like, you, like, they're like scared of alcohol. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, I know. you know, my husband still drinks very occasionally, but like, yeah. oh my God, I'm just so glad that there's no, there's, they don't have those memories. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. I really? Do. I would just skip it all. Like sometimes I would just like cook dinner and then like my, I just would turn it over to my husband to put the yeah. kids because I couldn't even, I, I didn't yeah. want to deal with it, you know? Yep. Oh, totally. 
Yeah, that's the other thing is it seemed like that the, you know, having my wine was um, helping me move through all of that. Mm -hmm. And it really did. Like I felt lighter. I was, you yeah. know, like, there was definitely that little period, right? But then, um, then when I, it wasn't till that's why I'm always like, just get to the other side and see what it feels like. Mm -hmm. Wasn't until I got to the other side of not drinking and moving through a little of that, you know, initial period mm -hmm. of a little bit edgy, edginess. Um, that I saw that that was actually making it harder the whole time. They have way more fun putting them, I mean, reading to them or whatever we would do. Again, mine were a little yeah. older, but we still did bedtime routines. And I'm never a huge fan. I'm not like the let me, you know, I love when my husband puts the girls to bed. That was you do still <laughs> even post. Yeah, exactly. It's not like I was like the park mama either. Right. But, um, but I loved to have, you know, the conversations with them that would be right before bed mm -hmm. and all of that I was missing and I didn't really know why. I thought I was taking care of myself. Yes. This was my self-care. Right. It's the opposite. And I just didn't know, you no, know. No, no, we don't. We don't know. We just don't know yeah. what we don't know. Right. Sometimes. Yeah. And like, I thought, too, this is the only time that I have. I never get a break. This is where That's I, right. you know what I mean? And we would use that. Oh, alcohol. Yeah. What I think about, which makes me sad, is all of those moments I did miss, you know, yeah. it wasn't yeah. necessarily because I was drinking. I don't remember. It's just, I chose not to, cause I was yep. more focused on giving myself that time with my glass of wine. That's and right. I don't Me have too. those memories to look back on. It's just kind of a blur when they were mm -hmm. that young, you know, and I yeah. definitely use alcohol for postpartum depression, mm -hmm. you know, to get through my third, I had three kids under the age of five, not in school, mm -hmm. same time, this tiny apartment, you know, mm -hmm. but it did work. Like it helped me get through some of yeah. that. So like, yeah. it just was a tool that it was the only tool I had at the time. Yeah. You know? That's right. And now yeah. I have more tools, which I'm so thankful yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want to tell people that are considering stopping over drinking or taking a break or questioning their relationship with alcohol? Like, why should they do it? What do they need to think about? Hmm. Um, I just, I so want it for them. If they're, you know, if they're going through the tangle in their, in their minds about it, I, I want them to know that there is a way to love their life, enjoy their life, probably even more than they can imagine right now. Mm -hmm. Like I still love to dance. I still love to sing. I still have a great time when I, I have a way better time than a lot of people at the events I go to, honestly. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that as like this person on the other side, you know, I, it, so I want them to know that it's possible. And I, I, I would say for me, slowly but surely, I what I did is read a lot of drinking books or mm -hmm. drinking to sobriety books. So I read a yes. lot of like Lush and I can try to think of all the other ones, but there's my drinking story and, or just drinking story. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there's a bunch of them. I read a lot of that people's mm -hmm. stories yep. and their stories were way more intense than mine, but it yes. almost didn't matter because I heard that thread. Yeah. I heard that feeling and that resonated so strongly. I found... Um, I slowly found people online. I remember Aiden, Aiden Donnelly Rowley uh, had my drinking year. I don't know if you know who she is, mm -hmm. Ivy League and Securities, which is someone I found online mm -hmm. who was like doing a year of not drinking. And it was like, I found these little ways. And then now what I would say if I could go back is I would just find people, I would surround myself with people who were looking to not drink. And yeah. I would get myself support. I would get someone like you yeah. that, could just support me 
through it because I was muddling around in it. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to any AA meetings until mm -hmm. two and a half years. That's not how I attribute my sobriety. It's just yeah. a phase that, you know, a, something a you explored doing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I love that. That's what I recommend to you. Read all the books, yeah. listen to podcasts, yeah. it, like feed your brain with literature about the effects of alcohol and some of the, mm. you know, the chemistry of it. Um, I had to unfollow all of my wineries on my Instagram yeah. feeds, yeah. like remove that stuff, start That's watching right. out for how the culture and the marketing infiltrates your life and how you make decisions yeah. when you see that kind of stuff, how you're influenced by yeah. some of the societal messages. Um, and then, yeah, surround yourself by people who share some of those common goals. And it's hard to find, like, especially in real life. Like, I mean, we're, this is real life online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's hard, like, you know, so me in my coaching community is where I found some of that. Um, yeah. Even when I was doing it, it was alone. Like I didn't have like a group of women that were going through it with me. Right. It was very much a self-guided type thing. Um, yeah. So I love, you know, obviously what I do <laughs> like yeah. support in the community that I've built, but oh, it does make it easier when you know that you're not alone and that you're not crazy for thinking some of the things that you think, right? That's like right. when you're going through that. Yeah. yeah. So what yeah. do you think is attributed to your success in being eight years on the sabbatical? Like, what do you do on a regular daily basis even that helps contribute to this lifestyle that you have? You know, as far as the drinking part, again, for me, and this was same with smoking. So I used to smoke uh, a lot, um, but always in hiding. So of course, nobody knew. I'm very much about the shiny exterior. Mm -hmm. um, less so now, but it's, I still see it. It's like my big thing, you know, um, but I will say there was a moment, I have a, a, a mentor who just said this recently, this isn't how I saw it then, but when you, when you genuinely see that, you know, pouring alcohol into your body is poison in your body, well, then you honest to God don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense in my brain anymore. So I will say that for me, I haven't needed to do a lot of things. Like I don't have to write all my feelings or reaffirm my, and my words. I'm not saying, or, you know, write, reframe my, you know, thoughts or any of that because I, it was, I just see it this way. Mm -hmm. I, like I, I, this is, I love my life mm -hmm. and I was miserable and I really yeah. do remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, so from that perspective, I haven't really had the desire to drink since my moment of, I think, insight, which it was a moment of insight and then a feeling of resolve. Mm -hmm. And that feeling of resolve has stayed with me. It's not saying it won't ever, you know, fall away. And then who knows what I will do at that point. Mm -hmm. But as far as taking care of myself and my life overall, which possibly this helps me stay in that state of resolve. I am absolutely a believer in asking for what I need and want I, in my family, with my kids. I set pretty clear boundaries. Um, yes. And I do take care, not always take care of myself. Like I overwork. I definitely overwork. I overeat at times. So this is not all cleaned up Yeah. Um, in those ways. But I ask for what I need. And so then I, and I do my best not to blame myself or other people when things aren't going great. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> do my yeah. best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think too, just like going back to your feeling of resolve, that's what I feel like 
the thought when I had my last glass of wine, I remember it very clearly. And I was I had already gone through, you know, six months of coaching, exploring, not drinking, moderating, all that. I, I got yeah. my desire down so low. I just really could take or leave it. I had a glass of rosé and I got so buzzed from that one glass of rosé. I was with my family and I just felt tired. And like I when I wasn't drinking, I had this veil lifted up off my head and I, I could hear the birds chirping and notice all yeah. the beautiful things. And like and then I drink that glass of wine. I was like. I'm, I'm visualizing, visualizing to everybody, I'm like pulling yeah. this veil over my head, like a dark veil. That's what yeah. it was like. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm, I yeah. think I am done. And that is the last, like that resolve, that decision that I made there yeah. is just like, I remember that. Now, every time my brain wants to suggest, oh, you could have, you could celebrate, you know, sometimes it'll say, oh, yeah. oh yeah, something, you know, I'll be like, you, I remember exactly what that felt like. And I'm like, yeah. you, you know what that feels like. Yeah. Live that for you. You tried enough of it. <laughs> you, yeah. you, you're not missing anything <laughs> like, right. you know? And so for me, I feel like it's that, just that resolve. It's like, I'm not missing anything from my life yeah. is better without it always. Yeah. It's just fact. I mean, for me too, <laughs> I'm not saying it's fact for everyone or, right. but I think when you know, it is, it just doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. And I still ask myself that question about like, I still ask, Oh, how do you want to celebrate? Mm -hmm. I still ask it and I still answer it. Yep. it with like whatever great creative, maybe even more. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how do I want to celebrate? Because the automatic way that everyone is always showing you and that I did my whole, all those years would be to like drink something, you know, have champagne. And yes. so like, what do I want to do this time? Do I want a special, do I want to go somewhere special? Do I want to get myself a massage when we can, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever, what is the thing? Do I want a whole morning to myself where I like get to watch a romantic comedy, my favorite thing on the planet, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I think that's good. It's like, it's a thoughtful way, a thought out way to celebrate. Whereas like the alcohol or sometimes even the food, it's just like the easy yeah. way. Yeah, oh, right. sure. Of course. That's, you know, that's what our brain likes to do is take the easiest way. It doesn't have to yeah. put any thought into it. You know, yeah. but when you take that off the table, you're openly thinking about it in a more creative way. I love the trips I do. I'm trying to do quarterly trips this year for celebrations for business and things. So oh, I love it. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I want to hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to yeah. Florida. Oh, fun. Where yeah, do you live? By myself. I live in North Carolina, actually. You do live in yes. North Carolina. Yeah, I live oh. in Chapel Hill. You live in Asheville, okay. right? Or did I do. you just move? Yes. yes that's yeah. Cool. I yeah. feel like I know a lot about you. Already <laughs> 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 in this one week relationship. <laughs> well, I love that I'm getting to learn so much about you too. This yeah. Is awesome. yeah. 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 Any parting words you want to tell the people? It's so funny. This is what I always say to my people about, you know, when you know you're meant to serve with your message and thought leadership. But I want to say this here too, like we are designed for hard stuff too. <laughs> we're designed mm -hmm. to celebrate and we're designed to move through hard stuff. Like, like what I always say is if you feel that call um, and in this case, if you feel that call to not to remove alcohol from your life or to take a break from alcohol, know that you were made for this too. You're designed for it. And so you can, you can totally do it no matter what your story is, no matter what has happened in your life, no matter how many times you've tried, you were made for it. Oh my God, you're the best. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I believe that too. Like yeah. if your brain has the 
consciousness and yeah. idea yeah. pop up that it's a possibility you can make it happen That's I totally right. believe that yeah yeah me too That's so fun I love it thank oh. you so much so tell thank people you. a little bit about you how they can follow you if they are somebody that's looking for a coach for speaking um or any of that stuff how can they yeah. get in touch with you so they can get in touch with me at michellebarryfranco.com. So that's my uh, website. And I am on Instagram at Michelle B. Franco. Um, and those are probably the best. But you have a podcast too, right? I do. I do have a podcast that actually I and stopped doing. So I was on sabbatical. Oh. I love a sabbatical. So I was on <laughs> podcast sabbatical. That one wasn't edgy or hard. That was just okay. a decision. <laughs> I, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to stop that one. I'm about to start a new one. So, okay. uh, but it's called Brilliance at Work. People still write to me all the time that they listen to it tons. If someone is listening who is in business and knows that they want to be a leader in their industry, listen to the Brilliance at Work podcast. Tons okay. of uh, great interviews and also lots of advice about how clarity of message and taking a stand for your work in the world. You're amazing. Thank yeah. you. I'll link up all of that you. in the show notes too cool. so everybody can okay. find you. But thank you so much awesome. for coming on. I had so much fun. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. We'll talk soon. That was so good. Thank you, Michelle. It was so amazing for you to come on and spend your time with us on the podcast today. Now, listen, y'all. If you have been hearing that whisper from yourself that you've got to do something about your relationship with alcohol, please know that I can help you. It is my mission and my purpose to help women like Michelle, like myself, if you identified with our stories, you can stop over drinking and start living the life that you are meant to live authentically the way you want to. Click through, fill out the application to join my Stop Over Drinking and Start Living program. Watch the videos there on that page. Get all the details and take that next step. There's no obligation for you to fill out the application, but it lets your brain know and your true self know that you are taking this seriously and you're ready to do something different. Oh, and if you haven't signed up for my free class that is happening next week, please do so. The link to do that as well is through the show notes. So just click through. It's called It's Not About the Alcohol. It's a free 75-minute class where I'm going to talk to you about why we're over drinking in the first place. Most of my clients, before they come to me, have tried taking breaks and moderating and doing all the things, and they focus so much on not drinking or drinking less they don't solve why they're drinking in the first place. So that's what I'm going to help you do in this class. So you don't want to miss it. Click through, sign up. You'll get an email from me with all the details and we will see you there. I love you all so much. Have a beautiful week. Bye.